Hello, everyone, and welcome to Local Matters. I'm your host, Buddy Pearson, and on this podcast, Education Matters. Our guest today is the attendance supervisor with Putnam County Schools, Chris Pierce. Chris, welcome to Local Matters. Thank you, Buddy. It's always good to be here. It's always good to talk about attendance. I know Bob Bell, my predecessor, used to have you in and and talk about those things. And, uh, man, it's just one of those subjects that, from a school perspective, it never goes away, and it's never going to go away. No, and uh, we always look at attendance as, as a chance to help students. And when they're absent, we've just missed that opportunity to try to help. So we're, we always approach it in a positive light, uh, trying to improve uh, uh, what we need to improve on. But it's always in the spirit of help. Now, when I say attendance supervisor, are you standing at every school and you're checking people off as they come in? You're saying, here, here, present, present. I mean, that's not what you do. I know that's not what no, you do. Tell we, us a little bit about what you do as the attendance supervisor. So we, we try to set up the attendance plan uh, and monitor that at each school that the school staff will monitor. We have to ensure that uh, attendance is taken daily and that's reported to the state accurately. Uh, that's kind of the, the nuts and bolts of it. But, I mean, everybody calls roll of the morning. They turn it into the office or it goes into the computer and it, it feeds. So we just try to make sure those reports go through correctly, uh, keep track of those students who are doing very well. Uh, also try to monitor and help those students who are not attending very well either. So there's the flip side to that. Now, how long have you been in this role? Uh, I, I started around Thanksgiving of 2017. So it's been, what, nearly six and a half, seven years almost. In, in your time here at the central office working as the attendance supervisor, has attendance become a bigger issue than it was six years ago, less of an issue, or pretty much the same? It's always been oh, something that you monitor. You have to. Um, and I, don't, I wouldn't say it's any more or worse. There are some changes that have come along in, in the time I've been here with uh, a new truancy law that's, that was passed, a new metric that we take uh, into account called chronic absenteeism. Yeah. But everybody, we've always checked for absences, perfect attendance, truancies, those types of things have, have always been around. Well, you know, just if you pull up the, the PCSS website and you go to uh, academics, there's an attendance tab there and you go there and there's a lot of different questions that the people ask about one is what do i do if my child is absent what if my child is late what absences are excused what are unexcused absences? let's so let's kind of talk through some of those because my guess is those are some things that that uh you have to deal with and maybe maybe parents don't know first of all how do you get out information about like what what the guidelines are as far as uh, absenteeism. The uh, frontline uh, reason or the way that we can communicate easiest is through student handbooks at the, at the school level. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll, they'll either post those online, uh, paper copies kind of going away uh, as everybody's got a link anymore to, to the handbook, but it'll, it'll basically reference school board policy uh, that a student has to be enrolled in school until they're of age, uh, you know, uh, until they're an adult, and they have to be in, in regular attendance. Right. And if they're not in regular attendance, there has to be some type of an excuse attached to that, whether, whether it be a parent note or a doctor's note. Yeah. Well, so what if what does a parent do if the child is absent? I mean, there's, you know, the, the, the kid misses a day of school, then what? A lot of it will depend upon what type of absence that will be. Mm-hmm. So if the student is sick and they go to the doctor, the parent takes them to the doctor, they really need to get a, a, a paper copy of a parent note, or a doctor's, I'm sorry, and return that to the school uh, the next day that they're back in, in session in that building. And then those days would be covered with that doctor's note. Those would be excused days. Right. If they do not go to the doctor, our parents are eligible for five days' worth of parent notes 
each semester just in case uh, there's a convenience thing or uh, a situation where it may not be serious enough to go to the doctor. But those are like little insurance policies yeah. that we have uh, that parents can utilize. But, again, that's that's five days per semester, not necessarily five notes per semester uh, to cover that uh, with a parent note. So you're talking about 10 days for the school year that basically they can be absent. And if they have a parent note, great. If they don't have a parent note, um, then that would be an unexcused day if there's nothing to cover that, and that's where we get into the truancy situations. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, I, I can remember working late and, you know, not getting home till 1 or 2 in the morning because I was working at a fast food restaurant and maybe getting up late or, you know, my my mom didn't, you know, she saw I was getting tired and didn't wake me up and I missed school one day, and, you know, not a whole lot came of that. But when you get into unexcused absences, talk a little bit more about that. And what does that look like as far as unexcused absences? So let me kind of back up and kind of look at a big picture, and then we'll get back into excused okay. and then just a, a buildup of such. Yeah. So I kind of go over this when I, when I have parent meetings uh, at schools with a lot of folks because they're, they're not always sure. They know what truancy is. Yeah. But there's some bigger things that, that are in play to go along with that. But. I always use like this little cheat sheet that I go over and kind of start parent meetings with. Basically, it's 180 days of scheduled in- instruction per school year. That's what our calendar is. Right. Parents are legally responsible for sending students to school each day. Mm-hmm. That's by state law. Um, again, parents are allowed to use five days' worth of those parent notes per semester to try to excuse absences where a doctor's note's not involved. Um, the the difference between truancy and this this new metric that we're looking at, and it's kind of where I want to kind of get in a little bit here, and then we'll address the truancy topic with that. Yeah, a new metric is called chronic absenteeism, and it, it came about about five years ago. Uh, it's been around forever, and all it really means is, of course, chronic. It's ongoing and absenteeism. Somebody's been absent off and on for quite a while, right? And that could either be excused or unexcused. And all it really represents is an absolute number of the days that student has not been in that class that year. And really studies kind of tell us for whatever reason, sickness, anything, any reason that that student's not in school, we've lost that ability to help. Mm -hmm. That student's more likely to, of course, fall behind, especially in, in subjects like math that compound daily. And it's much easier to lose footing in academics social aspects, and it's really hard for some students to catch back up from multiple days out uh, for sometimes no no fault of their own. Right. So when you're talking about truancy, uh, what happens then after you've had, you know, multiple absences, after they've started adding up with, you know, you, may have, you might have had some excused mixed in with some unexcused, and all of a sudden all these days are, are adding up. Uh, it comes to a point where, you know, do you get involved in? At what point do you get involved? So there's there's a step-by-step uh, step process to deal with unexcused days, and that's actually spelled out by state law, and that was passed by the time I came into this role, okay. too. Part so there's of, a state law that says you can only miss so many days in a school year. This is what happens. It's, it's called the truancy intervention process. Okay. It's, it's by state rule. Uh, it usually starts uh, on the fifth unexcused absence, and that, that goes along all year. Truancy, truancy lasts from the start of the school year to the end of the school year. It doesn't reset. Yeah. Um, but upon the fifth unexcused day, the school will send out a letter just notifying the parents, hey, there's an issue here. Mm-hmm. If you have any outstanding notes of any any kind, please get those into the school so we can cover for you what, what you need to be covered. Uh, otherwise, this truancy piece will kick in. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the first step after the letter would be uh, the school would initiate a conference with a parent that can be on the phone, uh, in person, uh, but it will, it will entail a, uh, a contract being developed. Basically, the school will, will want to know, hey, what's going on? Right. Uh, what's the, what are the issues? Uh, and, and hopefully there's an honest conversation there. Yeah. And then the school will kick in and say, here's what we can do to help that. Mm-hmm. And just because we are a school, we have multiple interventions to try to address that. We have uh, bus service, yeah. uh, a good viable curriculum at every school to t- try to address any academic needs. We have great food service personnel that, that try to feed students multiple times a day. Right. Uh, we have a, a great office staff, great counselors, uh, great technology. So if a student's behind or needing any kind of a device, maybe we can step in and provide any kind of uh, help that we need. And that's not even starting with the student services side where the st- families who may not have this or that, we might be able to st- step in and help those specific families with a very specific need they have trying to, st- to address uh, attendance issues. Yeah. Uh, looking at the, the plan on the website, uh, there's a Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3. So the, the Tier 1, it's kind of renamed a little bit. Um, tier 1 would be that attendance. Uh, well, Tier 1 is basically for everybody. It kind of models RTI now. Okay. Tier ones, and what's every, RTI? Response to intervention. It's, okay. it's, it's kind of a, a help if somebody's behind academically. It's gotcha. trying to help get caught up. Yeah. And so, uh, but, but tier one means that everybody gets the same thing. And that's all those stu- school services that I've mentioned. Yeah. All those, because we are a school, everybody gets that. Yeah. So when this process starts, that's really in tier two. Uh, the first tier two A would be a contract, right? And that's really set up to try to help improve that attendance of that student. If it doesn't really help uh, quite often, the school will do um, a second step. It was tier two B, which is an individual assessment, mm-hmm. because that that contract sometimes is set up in a in a, uh, a conference room with multiple people in there. Sure. And if the students involved, sometimes they are not really willing to open up if there's a real issue yeah. that's that's affecting them right so that that one-on-one uh, assessment that's done in tier 2b it may be hey what's really going on yeah how can we help you and it's it's somebody they trust and it may be hey we don't we don't have clothes or or hey grandpa's really sick and i'm really having to stay and we don't have this or we don't have that and yeah. we try to help address those needs in that level if attendance doesn't improve past that level and that could be i hate to set a number on it because it just varies by case yeah Uh, but after that level we try to see how our interventions will help if it does not then i get involved in in a tier three Mm -hmm. and that typically consists of uh, a number of things but it's it's usually just a, a warning uh, if the numbers are so such that I can do that, if the unexcused days are totally out of hand, then really I have no other recourse but to do a citation to juvenile court just to try to help that student attend school. And that's all we really look for is to try to help students attend. And that, that's usually the last resort that we have. And I was going to say that that seems I mean, that's an extreme last resort because it just seems like there's so many things um, that are in place just to help and come alongside and do what you can or do what the school system can to make sure that the student is, is, is good, is healthy, there's nothing going on, and, and just to make sure that they can be in school. And that's really the, the whole intent of this truancy intervention policy is to try to find whatever barrier that that student is facing 
and give us a chance to work through that barrier with that kid. And it's really what it's for. And we've, we've been able to help m- many, many kids overcome things that we didn't know about mm-hmm. until we started this process. I'm Buddy Pearson. You're listening to Local Matters. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardy's. Shop local at Office Mart. And this is Local Matters with a focus on education. I'm Buddy Pearson, and we're talking to PCSS Attendant Supervisor Chris Pierce. And uh, I know, Chris, in that first segment, we, we talked about some some heavy stuff, and, and really uh, it seems like you deal with a lot of heavy stuff on a, on a regular basis. You're, you're making phone calls. You're receiving phone calls. You're having meetings. You're talking with students. You're talking with parents. You're talking with school officials, all those things that goes into your work day. And, and I know uh, I see people sitting outside your office all the time, so uh, I know that you have a lot going on. So w- let, let's come back to that in a little bit. Let's talk about some, some good stuff here. Um, let's talk about your background a little bit. Where did you grow up? I grew up in a, in a little community um, outside of Monterey. It was called Lovejoy. And I uh, had a really good uh, 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 background. My, my mom and dad really took care of all of us. And I was always blessed with uh, never really had everything I wanted, although my brothers and sisters would probably say that I got it. Uh, but I know I got everything I needed. Uh, but uh, I really had a, a good childhood. Yeah. And so how did you get uh, to Monterey? I mean, you went to Monterey schools, right? I did. I graduated in 1993. Uh, well, talk about uh, where did you go to elementary school? I went to a small uh, elementary school called Wilson, uh, and uh, that was a good little community there. Uh, but was fortunate to uh, be able to go to the high school there, uh, uh, and it was a blessing. Uh, it's a small community, uh, took care of each other. Everybody knew everybody. It's, mm-hmm. It seems like that piece is changing everywhere you go anymore. Right, and that's not necessarily bad, but but it's just a, a sign of the times, and it's okay. Uh, but we all knew each other. We all knew what was going on, yeah. and, and we all took care of each other, and that, that's that's good stuff. But I uh, was fortunate enough to uh, graduate and, and be able to obtain a scholarship to Tennessee Tech. Yeah. Uh, wings up. Yeah. And uh, uh, Scholarship for what? For um, It was a four-year scholarship. I actually went for, of course, education. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that was really the, the one thing that I was always felt I was I was good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never really had to work. My Even while I was teaching, I kept thinking – there's really no better job than, than teaching this classroom. I never really had a bad day in the classroom, and, yeah. and I will tell everybody that. So that's a blessing. Right. Uh, and we have a lot of folks who are uh, really rethinking that career path for a lot of different reasons, yeah. but we need good teachers. Absolutely. My grand my grandkids, my future grandkids need good teachers. Yeah. So I, I hope those who are listening and, and thinking about that career path stick with that because it is a blessing, but it is a calling, and you need to, you need to want to do that. Yeah. Now, when you were in school – whether it was elementary, middle school, high school, did you like going to school? 
I loved going to school, and I think that was probably um, one of those things that probably helped me in my role now. Yeah. Um, like every every middle schooler, I had I had different days that I would want to go different. Yeah. You know, right. I don't feel like it today. Yeah. We'd have something going on. <laughs> Where'd you go to middle school? Uh, Wilson was a K eight. So okay. But um, I, I remember this vividly. My mom, she she made sure that that we would go to school and the day that we actually registered for ninth grade classes uh, way back when i had came down uh, developed a a case of walking pneumonia oh wow she put me on the bus (laughs) and i remember i laid in the back of that auditorium at that high school waiting to call my name to get a schedule because i loved the floor because it was cold yeah and i felt awful but but she put and I, i made it and it was one of those you just once you get in the habit of going right you you keep going, yeah. and I think a lot of that what we deal with now is a habit. Yeah, we get we get used to either not going or missing a day or two, and we think it's okay, and that's where it gets us in trouble. So you go to Tennessee Tech, uh, you you graduate from Tennessee Tech, then then what uh, happened then? My first job out of uh, out of Tech was working in Overton County Adult Basic Education. I worked oh, wow. with uh, the GED folks trying to get them prepared to take that exam. Okay, we didn't administer the exam, but we helped to prepare class. I also helped with adult high school in that program, and it's that was actually a really eye-opener and a really good way, uh, a segue into teaching classes yeah. with kids because in that, that realm with the adult uh, uh, folks, they've had a life event that happened to them, whatever right. that was, yeah. that prevented them from getting a degree or getting that GED, and they see that they saw that they really needed that. Yeah. And we, we taught people from every walk of life. I remember teaching, uh, trying to help a student from um, Croatia Okay. at one point. And, and a lot of different uh, folks that were probably retired, mm-hmm. um, 65 and over, they just wanted to, to have that back. Some folks that were looking to obtain a better job, yeah. they needed that diploma to go back and get. So you really see the effects of yeah. not getting that that certificate right off the bat. My first job was I, we got to help these people get this to help improve their life. That translates over into, and I was a high school teacher, that translates over into that classroom as well because you see the effects of things that happen if these kids do not get that. Tomorrow. Yeah, and you can talk into, speak into their lives firsthand by saying, you know, look, I taught these adults, you know, this is what happens. You, you eventually are you're going to come back, so you might as well finish now. It was a really now. good experience for me yeah. to start in that in that position. So then what? Um, then in 1999, uh, I graduated tech in December of 98, uh, got on with adult basic ed in Overton County uh, almost immediately, worked there for about a year and a half, and then the 99 school year, 99-2000 school year, I got hired at Monterey High School full-time mm-hmm. in the social studies department. And uh, I, I will say this, in the classroom, I, I said it a minute ago, I never had a bad day. <laughs> it was a great place to be. Yeah, loved it, huh? Loved it. And uh, the, after uh, the first year, I, I helped with baseball. And then after uh, the first or second year, I started helping f- with football as well. And it was just one of those old history football, baseball coach kind of types. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I love the classroom, love being around the kids, kept you young. Uh, and uh, um, it's a good experience. I really liked the place. Now, did you play baseball and football growing up? 
uh, I played uh, uh, baseball all the way up. Uh, there were some family issues that prevented me in high school. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I can't regret it because it's just some choices that sure. I had to make for our family. Yeah. But I, did, I was able to play football, especially the last couple of years in high school, and really, really fell in love with the sport. Um, love camaraderie of it, uh, the locker room atmosphere, the but the discipline of it that it teaches you as well. And then when you translate that into being a coach, you can kind of see how to help other people fix their issues. You can right. kind of game plan yeah. to help them game plan for for their their life. You look now, you you coached and you uh, taught in the old Monterey High School, I did. and now there's a beautiful Monterey High School and better facility athletic facilities how proud does it make you now to see that well i was in the office uh, with uh, miss sonia farley uh, during that transition Uh, we were the team admin team along with all of our staff uh, counselors and and the kids and the kids played a major role in how successful that transition was Mm -hmm. Uh, we spent four years over in the little uffelman yeah i remember that yeah uh, while they were tearing down and constructing the new building. And, and I will always think that those four years may have been the most close-knit mm-hmm. four years that I could, I've ever been with teachers and with kids yeah. because we had to band together. We were, right. in a, it was, it, we were taken care of very well, but it was different. Yeah. And, and we, were, we were seeing the old go away and the new being built right in front of our eyes. And those students and those teachers banded together and made the absolute best out of what situation we were in. And we all came out very close with each other because of that. Yeah. Uh, and but uh, to kind of go back to the new building, it's it looks like a great small college campus. It is it is beautiful. Uh, they were so proud of uh, uh, being able to move in, and the facilities are phenomenal. <laughs> it really is. And if you've not had a chance, I mean, how old is it now? I mean, I, I still call it new, but how old is it? I think we moved in in. 20 April of 2016. I was going to say 2016. I mean, it's been eight years, but still you look at it now, and it's still a beautiful facility. And if you hadn't had a chance, man, I could just remember, like you said, you guys being at Uffelman and just, uh, you know, not saying it was a hard time, but it was challenging. And then to be able to, you know, come out to the Taj Mahal of, of high schools. It, it was an eye-opening experience <laughs> for a lot of those kids to walk in it and parents, community members who – uh, it's it was hard to let go of that old building back in those times. It was really hard because everybody had a had a pull to that. That was a community yeah, school, right? And so when when the new one was constructed, you walk in and it was just it was an all factor. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, I'm Buddy Pearson. You're listening to Local Matters. This is Local Matters with a focus on education. I'm Buddy Pearson. We're talking with Chris Pierce, the attendant supervisor for the Putnam County School System. Chris, we've, we've talked about some absenteeism stuff, and we it was great. We got to hear about your background and, and some of those personal things. Uh, I want to get back to, to absenteeism a little bit, and I know that along with that, uh, there – uh, we talked about you know some truancy. We talked about uh, some some of the high level absenteeism kind of things. Walk us through the process of you've got somebody that is considered truant, and you know they've they've missed so many days. There's really not a lot of excuses. Then what? Uh, you know we we have to do sometimes things to help that seem negative at the time, but we do that from a good place. And to be able to try to help that family or that student. Yeah. And a lot of the, the reasons that a truant situation becomes is attendance is just a mirror for something else going on. Sure. Times. Yeah. So that if I have to do a citation, we still do that out of help yeah. to try to fix 
a situation that, that either that student or that family is going on mm-hmm. uh, or ha- having going on in their lives. Uh, but uh, if I have to do a citation, we typically try to schedule that out, and I do those in person mm-hmm. uh, with either the student or the parent, just depending on the age uh, of the situation. And we'll try to schedule that out in a, in a couple weeks' time uh, to give that student an opportunity to improve their attendance record from the citation date until the date of appearance in court. And it always a good reflection uh, yeah. for, for the judge. Right. And it's always taken into consideration if, if that change can happen after that citation date. Even after citation, it, it just seems like there's so many opportunities for the student to uh, overcome the absenteeism, that, that there's so many things in place for for you, for uh, the, the teachers, the, the principals, for everybody to come along and really help this individual before it gets to the point where they've been issued a citation, and then then what? Uh, well, and I don't really want to go into the legal piece of it as much when we get in the courtroom because I'm not in control of that at that point. Right. And that's really not for me to kind of say, but but I do know that that the the, the juvenile justice that we had judge that we have really takes care of these kids and wants to make sure that the best things happen in their yeah. lives. Like I said, attendance is just a reflection of something that's probably already going on. Yeah. Uh, so we want to tr- still try to support these kids and promote attendance and, and help with any situation that even we find after citation. Um, but typically uh, he would look at ex- some reviews. Mm-hmm. We come back after four, six weeks, something like that, to try to recheck. And if attendance is improved, we back off of some things. Uh, if uh, and I, I tell, say this at every every attendance meeting I have, if if attendance becomes near perfect, all these things go away. Yeah, I mean even right. even if you're in court, all we want is that kid to go to school. So That's, at any point that kid just goes to school, yeah, or that parent makes the child go, or the parent sends the kid, yeah, um, this will eventually go away and everything will be fine. Yeah, uh, but what happens is sometimes we have those who still don't believe that. And then there are things like community service work, uh, valid court orders, um, court-appointed uh, kind of attendance help, things like that that, that comes into play, yeah. uh, fines, all those types of things that, that we don't like to talk about and we don't like to do. Right. But, but it's, an attempt, it's in an attempt to just simply help a kid go to school. Yeah. Well, let's turn back to the positive. And um, are there kids that still have perfect attendance in the Putnam County school system, we do, and, and I, uh, I kind of let a little bit of the cat out of the bag. I'd like to, uh, um, not without names or anything, but I think we'll have a, a good little video released here <laughs> in the near future about yeah. uh, some kids that have perfect attendance in the county, and also to kind of promote what's positive about attendance, yes. and why attendance really does matter, because it, it does. It, it, it matters for the student uh, and and their. Uh, future and in, in their current state it also matters for the teacher because the the more that students are present in their classrooms mm-hmm. the less they have to reteach the more they can more material they can get through every day every week every month and it helps the school run better at the principal level yeah and i think that might be surprising to some people to know that that there are several students in putnam county that still 
have perfect attendance. And even, you know, and I think about attendance today like uh, load management in the NBA where, you know, oh, well, you know, he's got to be rested for a couple of days or, you know, it's just uh, time off here or there and it's it's really not that big a deal uh, where it, it can become very lax, where attendance can become very lax, where, oh, he said, watching the Super Bowl last night, you know, I have to go to school today or, you know, just some things like that. To know that there are still kids in the system who show up Every, every day, day, every minute of every every day. minute of every. You know, we haven't really talked about uh, tardiness or being late, and and what that does. Uh, you know, there are some. I, I love her to death, but if my wife were in school right now, I don't know that she'd ever make it to school on time mm-hmm. because I don't know that she's ever on time for anything. And so I'm sure that there's you know people out there like that. Talk about you know being late to school. What does that do? I mean, can can that add up? I mean, is that something it that does not help the situation okay. at all? And what you're doing is. That kid's missing instruction. Yeah. And, and sometimes the most important instruction occurs the first part of the day. Uh, you're, you're either in an ELA class, reading class, math class, some type of intervention. Mm-hmm. And if you're constantly missing that specific piece of that day, you're, you're, of course you're going to be behind in that subject. Yeah. Well, I know attendance is, is your, your primary focus, but I also know that you have to, to deal with some discipline issues from time to time, there are several people in the Putnam County school system that have to deal with discipline issues. Uh, when a discipline issue comes to you, or why would a discipline issue come to you? Let's just start there. Well, primarily, we we try to help make sure that all policies are followed at school level. Mm-hmm. So we, we we're kind of like a a, a a thought process for some of the principals. Mm-hmm. Hey, I've got this going on. Uh, what 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 can we do here? Yeah, and, and we have a, a good core group uh, of all of, everybody in the county that works together to try to make sure we have a good decision on things at the school level. Right, uh, but if it's a situation where a student's going to be suspended long term, uh, then I serve on a committee with um, about four other individuals. On mm-hmm. it's called the disciplinary hearing authority. Okay, and that is the the panel that it's the appeals panel. Yeah, uh, that looks at what can we do. We've got this student who's done something, whatever it is, to cause a long-term suspension, and how can we work through that? Well, let's talk about what constitutes a long-term suspension. I mean, you know, back in my day, if you got caught fighting or if it was something like that, you might get suspended three days, and and that was, you know, that was the thing. You know, there wasn't really ISS and and things like that. It was, you know, if it was bad enough, you got caught smoking in the the boys' room, you're going to get suspended three days or whatever. I never got suspended, but, you know, we still had those, those issues. Now, I mean, kids are getting suspended for 365 days or there's other things in place. Why, why would a kid get suspended? What, what would they have to do to get suspended for 365 days? So we have a, um, a detailed list, and it's not all-inclusive, but it's a code of conduct, okay. board policy, and, and uh, that's usually always shared in, in handbooks. And there, it tells the levels of offenses, and certain offenses are worth certain penalties. And, and the worst of those would be those zero-tolerance offenses, right? You hear that word, yeah. that, that phrase, zero-tolerance. And those are the things sometimes that would cause the, uh, uh, the, the longer-term, either rest of school year or 365-day suspensions, uh, that would constitute one of these hearings. Uh, here, more recently, we've had a, a trend of uh, two or three things. Some things are continuous misconduct. It's just low-level things at the school that build and build and build, and the student doesn't or doesn't have the capability to stop that behavior, and then the school's left with the only recourse of long-term suspension. Sure. Um, other things include these new uh, THC-based 
pens, and that's been a, um, a real hindrance to education for a lot of kids here. Uh, and and uh, we all understand that you can buy them at, at some gas station. And you're talking about vaping. Va- the, the, the THC laced vapes. Yeah. Yes. And those are the ones that are getting a lot of kids in trouble because it's number one, they're not supposed to have them in the possession on school grounds, and we're having some that are using those daily. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably the, the easiest way for someone to get uh, suspended long-term was to be caught with either in possession or use of a THC vape device on school grounds. What if you just catch somebody with just a regular vape device? It's a little bit different, um, and those are tested by the SROs okay. each time. It's, so we have to have a determination. If it's not a THC-based device, then it usually will go through some type of a nicotine cessation program mm-hmm. and maybe some school-based discipline at a low level. If there are repeats of a nicotine vape by the same student within a year, there could be a citation the juvenile court for for that offense yeah just separately well and i know this really didn't uh come into your area but you know corporal punishment obviously is is something that people have been talking about i mean back in our day you know you got talk it got, if i got caught talking in study hall i got three licks you know i left my basketball shoes out you know one night after a basketball game you get three licks i mean that's just that's not the culture anymore no that that's that's not what you go for as me as much as it used to be no, yeah i agree um, so back to absenteeism, um, you talked about a video that's coming out. What are some of the other ways that, that we can really, um, I guess, get across how important it is for the kids to be in school? I, I think um, podcasts like this mm-hmm. play a good role. Um, social media plays a, a very important role because we're all scrolling our phones anymore. True. So any type of quick hitter uh, advertisement, quick hitter. Hey, look at look at what's going on at this school. Hey, be a part of this. Those type of messages that we can send out, and all the positive benefits of just being in school. Because all we're trying to do is help everybody right. uh, to be better at whatever they want to be and provide a future that that uh, that we want to provide for them. So, any type of quick hitter advertisement. Um, I, I try to stay, steer away as much from the, the, the consequences until it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody knows you're supposed to go to school every day. I mean, right. I think that's kind of yeah. ingrained. It. <laughs> but we have some that are just – it's more challenging to some than others. But I think we need to promote uh, better attendance and try to reward better attendance and, and to help those who, who can't attend as much as they need. Chris Pierce, the attendance supervisor with Putnam County Schools, with us. Uh, here on Local Matters, and any final thoughts as far as absenteeism or anything like that goes? Um, we know that a lot of families have struggles. Yeah. And, and if you're struggling, please do not be afraid to reach out to your school, to to, to my office, or to our student services division. Uh, there are a lot of ways that we can help improve attendance when we know a situation that we can help with. So so don't be afraid. Don't feel bad. Don't feel – just – Say, hey, I've got this going on. Is there anything we can do? All right. That's all the time we have for this week on Local Matters. I'd like to thank our guest, Chris Pierce. Chris, thanks so much. And that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week, and God bless.